You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series today. And today we get to talk with Pastor Juan Zamora. He's at Our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Irving, Texas, where he serves as assistant pastor and apostolic missionary to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's also lead mission developer for T2C2. That's Together Transferring churches and communities. He's also the chair for the Hispanic Missionary League. Pastor Zamora, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Thanks for having me. So tell us briefly, you, you, <laughs> serve, in, you, you serve in many roles, many ways. Tell us briefly about your work in Hispanic ministry, a, a little bit of history that leads up to where you are today. Yes, thank you. And again, thanks for having me. I think I'll probably share more about the Hispanic mission I lived with my role with the organization. I think that probably covers most of most of the the work that uh, that we are doing, and pretty much will um, it, it integrates what I do in the other roles that I have. So I will share a little bit about the Hispanic Mission I Lake, and this is the this organization that promotes to and strengthen, and assist, and gather the congregations and ministries of the Lutheran Church, LCMS specifically, and working on that 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 the leadership that is working in the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus and teachings of the Christian faith among the Latino communities. So that's 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 probably the the the, the role that I that I had been responsible for right now, and and it's a it's a great joy to see how people responded to these important principles that, that we are promoting among the Hispanic community. Where is there a need for Hispanic ministries, Hispanic and Spanish speaking ministries today? Yes, that's a great question. I will say we have been visited the different areas in the States, just making sure that the people that we are working with, especially for those who are already working with the Hispanic community, have the support and the resources that are needed. But also with other districts in the in, in the states that are willing and wanted to have a and doing outreach to the Hispanic community. So I will say the great I mean the the greatest need is in the whole in the whole country because there without getting into the political atmosphere, I will say that there is a a, a great need because a lot of a lot of people is moving into the states. And you can, and as we visited different areas, we have seen that that it is becoming greater and greater because the people that had been had been here in the states for many years, some are moving to another areas where they find more job opportunities. There is people moving from outside the states into the states, and they are also looking for opportunities. So even in areas that that, that probably we don't even imagine, you can see the great need. I was spending time with family this this weekend. It's a vacation. And I went to Wyoming and I thought, maybe we're not going to find Hispanic people here. Well, guess what? There was a taqueria, a taco shop that, uh, that we visited and, and seen many people in the area. And I was looking into where is the Lutheran Church of Bible in that area? Well, there was none. So... It was reaffirming to me that the need it's pretty much everywhere right now in the state. Hmm. So probably doesn't help though to be honest, to be very specific on the answer, but <laughs> my point is we are everywhere, the Hispanic community, so we need to be more intentional on that. Yeah, you said you were in Wyoming, is that right? 
Correct. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it could be anywhere in the United States where there there is a Hispanic community, a Spanish-speaking community that needs to hear God's word. Where are the, the communities where you see Hispanic ministry thriving already? Yes. Well, I think because of the population and uh, and even the work that has been done for many years, I will say Texas can be the one, California, Florida, I mean, just to name a few, even Chicago, I mean, Illinois. I think that's where we see the, the, the great success um, on, on, on reaching out the Hispanic population. Although there's some other areas that also are doing a great job. I mean, I don't want it to, I wanted to recognize that as well, but it's, it's, it's great to see, but at the same time, and, and I don't want to think this is a negative thing, but we are not growing as, as, as we need it. I mean, there's the, we're, we're, we need to invest more, I will say, on the Hispanic community. But, uh, but yeah, the, the thriving places, I will say, Texas, California, Florida, Chicago, I mean, Illinois, probably the best uh, places that, that, I, that I will say right now. What do some of those ministries look like? How are they serving the people that are there? And I know that's going to look different in different contexts and different states and, and all of that. But what, do you have mm-hmm. some examples of, of what those communities are able to do to serve the people there? Yes. Well, let's keep in mind that many of our ministries are raised out of an existing ministry. I mean, an existing church. So for that reason, I, the, the, the churches or the Hispanic ministries are, are able to assist and, and to provide some resources to, to the community that, that to start a relationship with. For example, we have, I will say, I will, I will share an, an example here in, in the Arlington area here. Texas, because of the the ministry that we are developing there, we we were able to serve two hundred kids plus their families as as they come to pick up school supplies as the new as the new school year starts. But this is not just school supplies. This is so the families gather. They we have a, a devotional thought. We have a, a prayer. We have a, a time together as we worship our triune God. And, and, and then we hand them out the, the supplies. And, 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 and one of the neat things that happened here is that, and the families also appreciate, especially as we're reaching out into the Hispanic community, is that we pray with each of the kids. I mean, you might say, well, there's 100 kids, so it takes that long. So we have a few pastors that were helping there. And the neat thing is that some of these people actually come back because they see that this is not just a hand them out something. It's more like, yeah, we care for you and we care for your spiritual life. So, in fact, I was mentioning one of the examples here in the Texas area, which is the Arlington Grace. They served 200, around 200 kids, plus their families on that, I believe, was two weeks ago. Well, at the same time, we have another congregation in the Kansas City area, Jesus and Web Pastor, doing pretty much the same thing. And a week later, we received a few calls, families that wanted to baptize their children, say, what are their, what are their requirements? We just attended this service, and we love the way that you worship, and, and we like to find out more. We like to learn more from your church. So great things are happening there. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. For the... For the person who might know of a, a community, a Hispanic, Spanish-speaking community near them, what would be the first steps you would recommend to them to to consider 
how they might be able to reach them with mercy work and uh, ministry of the word. Yeah, I, I will. My suggestion would be relationship. It's it's key. A relationship will open the doors to people, especially in the Hispanic community. We we enjoy the relationship. I mean, we enjoy the the the, the fellowship, the conversations. The I think for a person who knows a Hispanic or even an ethnic person in the area or even a community, I think being a part of that. I mean. Showing that you care, that you are there for them. A lot of times, just by greeting people, by get to know them. I mean, it's it's a very very basic principle, I would say, as a human being, right? And I think that that will start the the, the relationship, and that will help to actually to gain the trust. I think that trust is 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 key, but that will not come if there is not relationship. So sometimes. As you get to know people, you you are able to share. Oh, my church offers this ministry or this opportunity, and and, that, and sometimes that's the way that the people are connected to to a church, and even to our church. So, and that will come over time. I think that people sometimes doesn't know what are the the ministries that the church offers or the opportunities to serve or to be a part of, and and we know that. This is not just a service. This is more than that. And, and I think that relationship opened the doors to share what you know about your faith and also about your church and the ways that people can be connected to. Mm. I want to learn more about the ministry that the way that the, the Lord worked in your life to bring you into the ministry or learn more about your story when we come back in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. Our guest today, the Reverend Juan Zamora at Our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Irving, Texas, where he serves as assistant pastor and apostolic missionary to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's also lead mission developer for T2C2 and chair for the Hispanic Missionary League. Pastor, before we took a, a short break, you had shared about the the Lord's work in Hispanic ministry, particularly here in North America in so many communities across North America. Looking now, going looking back in history, when did you first start thinking about serving in the ministry? When did you first start thinking about becoming a pastor? Yes, I, that's a great question. And I think I mentioned in our previous conversation, I mean, one of the things that actually got me connected to the Lutheran Church, because I, I was born in a different tradition, it's, I, was, I was looking into the opportunity to serve the church. So and I and that's when the the Lutheran Church my 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 wife back then was my my fiance invited me to a, a 
nutrient mission that was uh, that was that she was part of, and she she introduced me to the Lutheran Church. I was really not thinking even to become Lutheran, to be honest. <laughs> and and then I got connected, serving in that church, mowing the grass, helping moving chairs, tables, where whatever they needed at some point, or for, for different reasons for ministry. And then I I started attending the church. I started feeling at home in the Lutheran Church. And then I. I got, I learned more about the Lutheran Church. Then I, 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 I was not even thinking about becoming a pastor, to be honest. <laughs> Lord has a different plan back then, so that's where I started learning and knowing. And I, I was feeling this fire of sharing what I knew back then because I, I felt well, these are great news. I mean, why we are being more intentional on sharing this great news with other people and. And, and yeah, I mean, that's a few things that happened that, that actually pushing me in the direction of considering to become a pastor. And I, and I thought, well, if that's the Lord's desire, I mean, uh, what, what, I mean, who am I to say no? <laughs> yeah, you were just talking before about the value of building relationships in, in establishing these Hispanic and Spanish speaking ministries. And I mean, your story is an example of that, of building ministries and, and making people feel welcome and at home. And that's kind of how it all started. Who are some of the people that encouraged you along the way as you were discerning this pastoral vocation? Yes, several people, I will say from from pastor to to members to family, my my wife. I mean, it's I mean, several people actually kind of encouraged me on 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 learning more. I mean, it was I think everybody was was very graciously sharing. Hey, if why don't you consider this? The, the, not pushing. It was more like, yeah, why don't you explore? I mean, maybe the Lord had something else here. So. It was it was very neat uh, to hear the encouragement from people around me, and even some people I didn't even know them to be honest in, in the congregation. But just by by being there, by by being a part of that, that they they were very gracious to me. Tell us more about how the Hispanic Missionary League is encouraging and raising up future church workers like you. How how are they building? How are you building relationships to to raise up future church workers in the? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we carry out our mission through three principles: gather, equip, and celebrate. One of the this is one of the we we try to to share as much as we could from the lenses of what the Lutheran Church actually is about and and, and promoting by. For example, I know in a moment we're going to talk more about set up part to serve. But one of the great things that that, that that we're trying to do is align our principles to what the vision of the synod is of the Lutheran churches, and and I th- and I believe that the, the equipping and raising a new generation of leaders it's important not only for the Hispanic community but for the the church overall. So these principles gather, equip, and celebrate are are pretty much aligned with that in in our in the way that we see things in the Hispanic community. Gathering gather is important because for for us that many of our pastors are are encouraged by just being a part of a, 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 a be reminded that they are part of something greater than just the local church. 
And that's one of the things that we tried to do as much as we could. Hey, we are, we are, I mean, we are the body of Christ and this is not just a local congregation. This is not just, uh, just you doing work in this area. Sometimes we have Hispanic ministries happening in areas that are just pretty much by themselves. I mean, not, don't get me wrong. I mean, they have the support from the districts, from the circuits, but what I meant is that they probably the only Hispanic ministry happening in that area, specific area. So sometimes it's like overwhelming for some people. And, and, and we try, when we gather people, we call people and to different areas and say, hey, let's gather all the Hispanic pastors, leadership, and let's get time, let's get some time together. Let's be encouraged to each other. Let's pray for each other. So it's, it's very unique, but very important to, to provide that support for the, for the local pastor. Equip, we'll provide as much as we can on materials, resources, everything that is needed, not only for the pastor that, are, that has the need, but also for his congregation, for his, for his group. Or, and, and at the same time, we always trying to remind our pastor, deaconesses, and leaders, hey, we need to be more intentional on raising the, the, new, the new generation of leadership because this is one of the things that, 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 we, that we are pushing very hard and, and because our second generation Hispanic are probably more equipped than first generation because they know both languages, because they know cultures. They they are very natural on the way that they do things. I mean, I'm a struggle to speak in English, but this is not a problem for a second generation, right? So that's 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 unique. That's 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 part of it. They are built in. So raising that that new generation will help us and help the whole the whole I mean the church as a whole. Uh, the way that, that that we see it. And celebrating, it's another principle that, yeah, I mean, although we, we, we still have a lot of work ahead of us, let's celebrate. I mean, we have around 150 pastors and probably like 30, 35 deaconesses in the whole nation. I mean, maybe that doesn't seem a whole lot, but hey, for us, it was like, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, let's continue the work. Let's, let's do it. I mean, celebrating what the Lord has done and doing within the Hispanic community and ministries. What are some of the roadblocks, some of the challenge, or some of the challenges, some of the successes that you've had with what church work recruitment and all of the things that you were just mentioning with the Hispanic Missionary League? Yes, I think the roadblocks there. It's 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 in a general way, I will say, because there are some different struggles sometimes that we face in the Hispanic community, but. I'll probably say in general, it's the, the, how do I, how do I state it? I think the, 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 the intentionality, the, the, the information that, the, the resources available for the local pastor and group and congregation. So for example, I will say one of the blessings that we have is that many of our ministries are raised out of an existing ministry, right? So for that reason, there is already an instruction. There is already a church that actually holds the Hispanic or sponsors the Hispanic ministry. But a lot of times we haven't done much. And this is one of the efforts that the Senate and the missions offices and, and, and us are working with is providing that information, providing the, those, the, the, those resources to, to help people to see and understand that, 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 it seems like and sometimes the local congregation, even the local pastors, see this. Oh, this is this can be a huge thing to do. I mean, it's 
and and sometimes the the struggle is how do we make it happen? I mean, the seminary, especially if we are in a a, a seminary candidate, I mean, how much is that going to cost us? Or, or, I mean, the time or family. I mean, a lot of this can become a burden for many people. And it's like, a, it's a discouragement. But having that information available, having the, I mean, having someone that actually works with people and say, hey, this is this this can be the steps that, that we are moving towards. And, and this can be the, the, the support that, that we can provide. This can be, I mean, like, that as, that that help along the way, that 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 encouragement, that 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 guidance along the way, I think that will be very helpful. And so, one of the roadblocks in general, I would say, is it's probably the need of information about the opportunities that we have as a church for future new work. What does formation look like for church workers, especially? who would be serving in a Hispanic ministry, maybe a, a Spanish-speaking ministry, what what would formation look like for a pastor or a deaconess that wants to serve specifically in a Hispanic ministry? Yes. Right now, it's because of, the, because of many of our people that wanted to serve in the Hispanic community, many of them have full-time jobs, right? So many have families, so they need to stay in their areas. They need to continue to do life, provide for the families while they are actually studying to become a pastor or deaconess. So many of the the classes or courses are offered through the Center for Hispanic Studies are provided online. So that actually helps people to stay and continue to do life where they at while they actually learn and 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 become I mean and and study to become a pastor or deaconess. So that's 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 something that 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 the seminary actually and Center for Hispanic Studies have worked a lot and invest a lot of time on how how to help, especially for the Hispanic community in the process to become a pastor and deaconess because it's it's not easy and 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 they have made a lot of progress on on those areas because in the past there was there was some time that actually you need to go to the seminary for like four times a year. For a week, staying a week there, study the whole week, come back home and continue the work, and, and I mean, and, and do a lot of work, and then come back to somewhere. So it was not easy for a person that has a full time job and family to actually spend a few weeks over the year just for the seminary. So right now, I think that the effort of offering online studies for for people that wanted to become a pastor, I think that's very helpful and unique for that person. To have those specific desires to to I mean the, not just the desire but the ones that actually feel that they called from the Lord to be a part of ministry. Thanks be to God that that you answered that call and are serving in that capacity. Our guest today, the Reverend Juan Zamora, our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Irving, Texas. He serves as assistant pastor and apostolic missionary to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's also lead mission developer with T2C2 and chair for the Hispanic Missionary League. Pastor Zamora, thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Well, thanks for having me. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.